welcome to another edition of Thoughts from Player One, the sometimes bi-weekly podcast where we take an in-depth <laughs> look at one sort of narrative or story-focused game and talk about it. As always, I'm Alex. I'm Duncan. And this week we played episodes one and two of Kentucky Route Zero. Ooh. Uh, the first episode of Kentucky Route Zero came out in January 7th of 2013, which is a long time ago because the last episode's not four out yet. Four years ago. That's a while. Four, uh, four and a almost half. Five. Almost five. Yeah, almost five years. Just like yeah. one episode a year. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Wow. Um, developer of that game is Cardboard Computer, which I found out is actually a three-person team. I don't know if you knew that. Jesus. Um, it is Jake Elliott, Tomas Kamensky. Kamensky, Kamensky, I I don't know how to pronounce it. My apology, apologize. Yep, and then Ben Babbitt. Um, oh so my god, I love that name. That's a good name. That's ben a, Babbitt. Ben Babbitt. That's a I good like name, it, but ben. I feel like he probably got picked on. Really? I guess Babbitt the rabbit, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I don't see there's something much there. there. It's not really that insulting to be compared to a rabbit. I don't feel like so. Yeah. I don't Who know. knows? But yeah, Ben that, Babbitt. If you're listening to this, reach out to me. Let me know. <laughs> You got a good name, Ben. You're doing good work. You're doing, You're doing good, good work. work. Um, yeah. This game is about $25, and it is out on PC, Linux, Mac, PS4, uh, Nintendo Switch, and Xbox One. Really? Maybe also PS3 and 360, but I don't think so. Probably not Wii U either. Um, no, definitely not. So that's Kentucky Route Zero. Um, Alex, this, you yeah. saying that it came out in 2013 kind of blew my mind i want to ask you i'm gonna catch you off guard here because we oh, didn't no. talk about this but oh no when kentucky route zero came out where were you in life <laughs> when kentucky route zero came out i was a i think i was finishing up my junior year of college um i was at the time living at home and commuting uh, living in my um childhood home and commuting because the college that i went to for my last two years was only like 20 minute drive away um i was dumb that's for sure <laughs> i was dumb <laughs> i was a junior well, in college i was dumb i thought i was smart though that's we were all dumber five years ago though i mean Almost. i'm sure there's somebody that's like stupider than they were then but maybe um so yeah that's that's kind of where i was where were you duncan i was in my first year of college at the at the art institute, aka the Fart Institute. Oh, put, in, put in some put in some put in some air horns there. Yeah. I was I was thinking I was the uh, the hot shot of, of game art and design. Really was not, but uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of I that was like the full first year I had my own apartment. Ooh. Hell yeah! Ooh, that was a nice. life change. That was a, I think. That was, Mm-hmm. I think that was about a month after I bought my first real car that I still have to this day. So, oh, nice! Hell yeah! Yeah, that's a big that's a big freedom step. Hell, I mean, yeah, I had cars previously, but I didn't own them. <laughs> I, I want you guys to all think where you were on uh, the day that uh, Kentucky Route Zero came out. It's gonna be such an exciting day when it finally finishes to compare where it's like where you were when it started to where you were when it ended. Yeah, and like if I had started playing this in 2013, that would really be a big bookmark uh, in my life. But I did not. We started yeah. playing this in October of 2017 when the game's still not finished. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, not to For put you guys on you... blast. Like, 
it's, it's a three-person team. I did not know that initially, and I was like, it's crazy how long it's taken. And I'm like, it's crazy how quick the episodes are coming out. Like, a three-person team, that's yeah. that's actually fucking insane. So that's you're doing all right. Crazy. Don't worry about it. Yeah, um, for sure. But so, yeah. So I for all these who were playing it in 2013, 2014, that kind of time, must be cool to kind of have these as like little bookmarks in your life to to think about Kentucky Route Zero for the years. We had yeah. approximately two weeks. No, not two <laughs> weeks. Like six days to think about this game. Yeah. So I apologize if our our view of uh, this game's a little a little minor compared to some of the over analysis. I would think that's happened on it. I'm not sure there's plenty that exists. But, you know, analysis. No, but deeper analysis. Look, yeah. this is one of those games where like I was very excited to play it. I'm excited to share my thoughts about it with other people, but if you're somebody who's played this game since 2013, you're going to listen to this and be like, these fucking idiots don't understand anything. <laughs> they don't get anything, and you're just right. You're just correct that we don't, because it yeah. feels like there's a lot there, and we we just didn't put in the time. We didn't put in four years. We don't know everything. I didn't want to look up anything about the game, so I didn't. Yeah. So, so you're getting like clean you... slate. Yeah. For those of you who do not play this game, um, it is a point-and-click adventure game, um, kind of. With, you know well, how I yeah, feel about is. those. It is. What <laughs> <laughs> the fuck was that laugh? <laughs> I, was, I, was thinking about, I must have been thinking about Dropsy. <laughs> so, um, point-and-click adventure game, some different wild themes that we'll talk about, uh, but that's its basic gameplay, so that's what you can imagine. Art style's pretty minimalistic, low poly, mm-hmm. good looking stuff there. Very effective. Um, so yeah, look up the trailer if you kind of want to just get a get a little taste of what this game looks like. And uh, what we're going to be doing is going through this. Um, it's it's built in each act has five scenes. So we're going to be talking about each of these scenes, what, what our feelings were during them, anything special we got to say about them. We'll talk yeah. about act one first. And then we'll take a quick second if you guys want to play Act 2. And then uh, you can listen to Act 2. <laughs> you know, just pause in the middle of the podcast, run over, play Act 2, hit start It's on only it like an hour. <laughs> it is. You can actually feasibly do that, yeah. Um, yeah so, yeah, so. we will keep all spoilers um, from Act 2 out of the Act 1 section. So if you have mm-hmm. not yet played uh, Act 2 and you've played Act 1, feel free to listen to the first roughly half of this podcast and then... Hop to the second half after you beat the game, and uh, depending on the length beat of the, the episode, game. we'll either be complete beat the section of the game. Um, depending on the length of the next couple of sections, which we don't really know yet, we'll either be keeping these as one episode bits or combining them into two episode bits, like we're doing with this one. And then we'll play Act Five, you know, January, February, March, whenever it comes out yeah. in 2018. Yeah. All right, let's hop all right, it. let's, hop let's do it, it. Buddy. Let's hop into Act One. No, 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 I mean like you do it. Oh, my bad, my bad. I'll play you in. You want to play Thank you. I mean, why not? Let's let's see what you got. Oh, and one, and two, and one, two, three, four. Oh, okay. All right, I'll trust you on that one. Um, so yeah, like Duncan said, point and click adventure. Important difference. Um, there's not like puzzles and items so far at least so it's not not like try this item on this thing and that item on that thing which is why i think it's palatable um so yeah the game opens with you at a kind of a gas station in the middle of nowhere called 
I believe it's pronounced Equith Oil, E-Q-U-U-S Oil. Um, You play as, at least initially, uh, a man named Conway who works kind of delivering antiques across the country, and you stopped there to try and get directions uh, to your next delivery, which is at 5 Dogwood Drive. Mm -hmm. Um, You kind of meet... Throughout the game, you meet a really eclectic cast of characters. Um, in this first scene, you meet this kind of old guy sitting outside of Equus Oil who, who talks to you and tells you basically that you're going to have to take the zero to get there, um, which is seemingly Kentucky Route Zero. Um, so he, he tries to give you directions and then tells you that he's not great with directions, basically, and you have to go get them off the computer. Then you go inside of the... Um, gas station and into the basement where there's a bunch of people playing. Yeah, you, you turn the power on so you can get the computer working, and there's a bunch of people playing uh, like D and D or or what have you. Um, and they're like, you, you can see them. You'd like turn on a light; they're all there. Uh, and then you go and turn the power on, and once you do that, they're just gone, which mm-hmm. is kind of your first hint that things are gonna be sort of weird. which is kind of the mo of this game is it's a very weird game which i'm jiving on quite a bit at this point um so they're just sort of gone you like pick up a d20 and put it on the table if you want you get directions from the computer that tells you where to go i forget specifically what those directions were i think it was just like hop on interstate 65 and take a left at the tree that's always on fire yeah Yeah, the tree that's always on fire (laughs) which was the moment i read that and i was like yeah this game's going to be all right. This is going to be my sort of game. <laughs> um, yeah. So that that's, and then you, you know, you can choose to talk to the old guy a little bit more and then, then hop in the truck and leave. And that's sort of the basic framework for all of these scenes is a bunch of small interactions where you get some really weird shit and then move on. Um, you do choose dialogue throughout each of these things. You get to select, you know, what your character says or whatever you're controlling at the time says. Um, which is, is really interesting, and I want to talk a little bit more about later outside of this scene. Um, but, but for now, I don't think it's a choice-based game. No, it doesn't feel that way, at least yet. So I don't think so, so that's yeah. an important thing to notate. Yeah, it really just feels more of like choose-your-own-adventure dialogue, not really choose-your-own-adventure adventure or anything like that. Yeah. Um, you do also get, uh, you have your dog with you the whole time. It's like an old gonna... dog with a straw hat. Your dog's fucking awesome. You do get to yeah. name your dog. Um, there's two options, but there's really only one option because you can name your dog Blue. Um, yeah, that's and that's what you name your dog. You name your well, dog Blue. The third option, which I kind of want to know what happens, is actually, I don't know, it's just some dog I found. It doesn't have a name. Mm-hmm. What, I'm assuming what they just... What soulless fuck would pick that one? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe you don't want to, like, take the responsibility of naming a dog? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But the rest of the dialogue is like your best friends. You know what I mean? Like, well, they aren't best friends, but you can always talk to them and, you know, kind of rely on them. Yeah, you get to talk to the dog, and the dog never talks back. You just talk at it, and it's awesome. Not now, at least. At least not yet. Not yet. This game goes places, so I wouldn't be surprised. Um, (laughs) I really like the conversations with the dog. I guess this is what I'm going to choose to get into it. Uh, Yeah. Basically. Yeah, basically every single scene in these acts, or at least most of them, you get the option to talk to your dog, and you just, it's always, you get like two to three dialogue options, I think it's usually two, and the dog never responds, and you just sort of build a conversation that you have at the dog, and it, they do an incredibly good job of making it feel like an old 
you know delivery driver like truck driver who's been on the road forever just like talking with this companion that he loves that he knows will listen but like he doesn't yeah. he, he just sort of has conversations with him because it's the only thing around to have conversations with and it feels so interestingly like it, it it almost feels loving like it feels like the way that you would talk to a dog just like um how's it going like it's been some yeah, crazy I do shit with, huh i got a dog i do that all the time like, yeah i talk to it when no one's home or even when people are home i'll talk to it and be self-reflective you know mm-hmm. it's so. it's a good yeah it, it kind of creates a good mirror for Exactly. you to express like how your character is feeling and i think that's yeah. a really cool and point. you don't have to have like a direct conversation with one someone and sometimes you just don't want to hear people's and it's it's very true to life is like sometimes you just want to talk to yourself or think to yourself without hearing other people's reaction to it and what they think about it mm-hmm. you know what i mean you just kind of want to you just kind of want to talk or think yeah. so i like that it's a very it's and this is kind of like the the setting of this but it's kind of like a very southern like cultural thing to think about because i think when i yeah. think southern i think a lot of like old men sitting on their porches just thinking you know yeah and they usually have an old dog just laying next to them yeah exactly that's what <laughs> the old dog's there for is to yep. talk to there's even a scene i think it's an act one where like somebody says they felt sorry for the hound like because it should just be laying on a porch somewhere as an old hound but yeah it's not that's true. <laughs> like that's so fucking right um yeah so yeah just off the bat you know this kind of first scene um, it's short, not a lot happens. What are your like initial impressions of the game at this point? What's your first gut reaction to it? Um, it was weird, right? Because this whole Act 1, I'm going to be speaking from a bias that I just was not feeling it. I don't know why. Looking back on it, there are some aspects that I appreciate about it, but I think the whole like going into the basement and turning the power on and turning it off, and now the people aren't here, and now they are here. I thought that was just like it gives me hints that there's going to be more like cool shit to come, but it didn't really draw me in. What drew mm-hmm. me in more were the sounds um, specifically. Whoever did the sound design on this game, really, really smart. There's I a mean, lot of things. One of three people. One of three people. <laughs> we should probably ben. guess it. I'm going to guess ben. Jake Elliott. Nah, I bet it was Ben. That, that ben. Babbitt looking. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <Jesus. laughs> so, um, it's got the big ears and can hear. Uh, ben, if you're really listening, I'm so people. sorry. I'm so sorry, Ben. <laughs> when I said you couldn't be equated to a rabbit insultingly, I was wrong, and Duncan has proved it. Um, so that, I think the aesthetic of the game, which is some of my favorite, which I think I can get into now, mm-hmm. is what drew me in more. Is I like the I like low poly quite a bit, and there's this very specific point of low poly that I don't think I've seen where it's uh, it's somewhere in between a sci-fi low-poly and uh, that Dragon Cancer's low-poly version. And there's, there's like, it's almost like that Dragon Cancer is a little too edgy for me in the in the literal sense, like actual edges. And <laughs> Okay. <laughs> in this, very, in, very confused for a moment. <laughs> yeah, and, like, the you know, the amount of, there weren't enough faces to, like, make me feel, you know, aesthetically pleasing about it but there's just mm-hmm. something that's that's pleasing to the eye about this but also very grim that i like about yeah. it so those are my initial thoughts that story so far eh, i don't really care about going downstairs turning the power on talking to the old guy i mean once yeah. he did say turn right at the burning tree i'm like whoa cool <laughs> <laughs> never yeah. get to see that old tree but that's, you know that's so that's what i thought initially yeah 
I I can understand where you were coming from there. Um, I I kind of felt differently. I I was pretty sure off the bat that this was going to be the kind of thing that I was jiving on. And it kind of I liked Act One definitely more than you. I think Act Two was better definitely. Um, yeah. And maybe we'll talk about that in kind of the break between the episodes. But uh, I I definitely did like it a little more. Um, the art style I think you kind of you, you nailed. I don't really have much more to say on that topic. Um, I will say I did like the the writing and the uh, evocative um, feeling that they created, like you had mentioned, it, it feels very much like a Southern kind of set piece, I guess. It, it feels all the like everything. They yeah. seem like they're imported directly from there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they do a good job of capturing that feel and kind of the, 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 ah, God, what was his name? Bum I think I have it nowhere. written down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have it written down here somewhere, I think. Um, but maybe I actually don't. Um, Joseph, that was the guy's name, who's the gas station attendant and or owner. I'm not really sure. He's very much got the like, oh, small town, slow paced living, you know, just like these are these are the directions. I'm not in a hurry. You shouldn't be in a hurry. Let's stop and talk sort of feel. And it, it talk very... about poetry. <laughs> yeah, it was very comforting. I liked the, it a lot. One of the weird things, like the first dialogue options was, how do I get to Dogwood Drive? There's another one and or it was like, do you want to watch the sunset and do you like poetry? And I'm like, whoa, this relationship is like <laughs> taking off fast. Yeah, I man. just walk up to someone and be like, do you like poetry? Can I read you some poetry? Mm-hmm. So that, <laughs> that that's kind of that's the first act. I don't want to spend too long on scene one just because I no. think some of the more interesting moments are in the later scenes. But yeah, it's uh, overall, it's I think one. it's an. Uh, an introduction that makes sense for the type of game it is and it just sort of teases what it's going to become and i think it does a really good job of that yeah Act so then move on scene two scene two is, oh oh uh, real oh. quick i want to mention because we're switching no, Alex, scenes here. nope stop stop because I'm we're switching kidding. scenes i want to mention i really oh, yeah, like the right. hard scene cuts that they do where it just goes to like from the scene straight to black screen, white lettering says Act One, Scene Two, Act One, Scene Three, and I, yeah. just, for some reason, just the like very stark demarcation between the scenes, I really, really like, and gives it a very cinematic sort of feel. Yeah, they remind me of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you get on the road, which there is this interesting like road map screen yeah. where you just click in a direction and you just kind of you you you're a little wheel and you go. Um, and you can kind of make stops places. You don't really have any like gas amount. You just go. Um, so you actually, this is, this is something that you draw me in is you actually have to navigate yourself. So at first I'm like, he's like, you just go North on the 60 and then you turn left at the burning tree. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. that's, that's just what my character has to know. But yeah. you have to know that. Yep. You know I mean, you have to know to turn left at the burning tree because I turned the wrong direction at the burning tree. I think. Yeah, I spent and, a uh, while driving around not major <laughs> highways, just like where am I? I kept running into like dragonflies doing weird shit, and I didn't understand what was going on, and it was really yeah. kind of neat. Um, but it, yeah. it, I really like that transition of just like low poly map, and you just drive around looking for your next destination. Yeah, it's cool. I didn't expect it to happen. It did. It threw me for a good whirl. Oh yeah. Um, sure. So you um. The oh the also important part that in scene one is, uh the, the attendant, uh gives you a TV, that he wants oh, you yeah. to give Fuck, to totally the forgot. person who is going to lead you to the zero right. Yeah. Is that what? That's it, why okay. you're. That's why yeah. you're going there, because he doesn't give you directions to the zero. He gives you directions to the next location that you're going to, yeah. where the person there will tell you how to get to the zero. Yeah. 
So, which is really funny if you think about it. Like, <laughs> I don't know where it is, but you got to go to this person's house, knock on the door, and then ask where it is. And they'll so. tell you how to get there, and then you can get to the highway, which will eventually lead you to where you're going. Yeah. Man, so I had a fucking piece to... out of that town so quick. You get to you get to this spooky ass house on a hill. There's a graveyard before you walk in with a couple different people's names, mm-hmm. and um, you you knock on the door, and there is a girl named Weaver. Weaver, thank I'll you. I'll save you the trouble. Weaver Marquez, I believe. Marquez. There, I knew it was the last name was Marquez. I couldn't think of her first name. Yeah. So, um, Weaver uh, is kind of like generally talks to you about uh the zero and the tv and it's she kind of focuses in on that tv and Mm -hmm. then you turn it on and she's like this is busted do you know how to fix a tv don't know how to fix a tv kind of has a little bit of banter and then she like asks you if you can see the picture clearly i think Mm -hmm. and then it kind of zooms into the this is just weird like you you kind of have to see this to experience it but it zooms out inwards outside of the tv and outside of the scene into this farmhouse yeah kind of like you're standing in the 2d house and like it zooms in and then the wall behind you kind of parts a little bit and like yeah it ceases to exist and you see a farmhouse with some horses behind your character and it like zooms yeah. in on that and then it zooms back out and she's no longer there yeah she says but something if you yeah uh, she did say a couple things that i left out yeah, she says something very specifically that about, like, she asked if you see something and then says, like, maybe you're not, I don't, I, I wish I had written it down, but it's like, maybe you're not looking hard enough or maybe you're not paying enough attention. And that, she says a bunch of weird fucking shit and it's awesome and I dig it a lot. Um, but I just, I very vividly remember her saying, like, you're not paying enough attention or you're not looking hard enough or, like, you need yeah. to start doing that because this, like, entire game has felt like that for me. And I'll yeah. get into that more later, but I think that was kind of a very self-aware thing for that character to say. Mm-hmm. And then she's just, then she's gone. Yep. And then uh, you are directed towards the uh, Alcorn Mine, but we'll get into that next. Yeah, I do think it's really cool when you leave that scene, you, like, walk back down the hill towards your truck, and it kind of, like, zooms out a little bit further, and there's just, like, the silhouette of three people playing music, and there's just, like, music in the background when you're walking there, and it's, like, an old kind of folk song that's, like, really upbeat, and I really like that quite a bit. That is slightly religious? I don't know... I but swear it, they say Jesus in it. I feel, well, it's a southern folk song, so yeah, yeah, they say Jesus in it. That's just how they go, <laughs> Duncan. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I think it's something important to know. Yeah, I, there are definitely some interesting religious undertones throughout this whole game, so I do think like that's we can, probably it. We'll hit that up in Act 2. Sorry for the, yeah, yeah. For the um, slight spoiler. But. So, this was a weird scene. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it just carries on. Something this game does is you think, like, all right, I'm going to come to this point, and it's going to get better for me. Like, I'm going to have a further understanding of how to get where I'm supposed to go. It just gets more complex, but mm-hmm. not in a dissatisfying way. No, I no. Um, and I think the other interesting thing this game does is, like, some weird fucking insane shit happens, and you think, my character's going to comment on that, and they never do. They yeah. just sort of exist in the world as if it is just standard fare. And I 
fucking love that. I love that well, so much. See, I think the reason I like that, it may be different for the reason you like that. See, mm-hmm. the reason I like it is because I take it as those weird things happening are things that the player characters don't see and that I'm meant to see. That it's more of like reaching out to me personally mm. instead of like reaching out to the characters. I think that's applicable for some things. Like, I think the zoom in to the farm and then her saying, you're not looking hard enough, I think that's directed towards you. And that's why I like it. But there yeah. are other things where really weird shit happens to the characters and they don't talk about it, where I don't think it's applicable to you. Yeah. I mean, you tell them to turn left at the tree that's always on fire. So it's <laughs> like, yep, okay, cool, I'll do that. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's that's not <laughs> applicable to me. <laughs> But what do you what do you think he did? You actually think he looked out the window and he's like, "Well, that's the tree that's always on fire. Better turn left." Like, what? Yeah, I kind of I think this is just a this is like a super weird mystical place that doesn't like it's a representation of like this part of America that doesn't actually exist. And I think it's just like a lot of weird shit happens here, and it's just not as weird to other people. Yeah. But it's and, not even weird to um to Conway though. Yeah. So, and, but he's an outsider. That's the weird part about it. Yeah. Well, Conway's just chill. He's just like, I get this fucking delivery done, man. Me and Blue, we gotta go. <laughs> we gotta so, go. <laughs> not a job to do. So yeah. So you uh you take Weaver's um instructions basically. She tells you where to go next. She tells you to go to a mine, which will lead you to the zero, um, more or less, and you. You drive out to this mine, I forget how to get there, and then you meet this other character immediately, Shannon, mm-hmm. who's... Aren't you the nope. character immediately? Yeah, so you as the player are meeting this character, um, because you've never seen her before. So you are, like, on the phone, and you get to have this conversation as this character, Shannon, and you're choosing what she says. And this part was a little jarring, because your options for what to say were wildly different. Like, yeah, this is kind of the moment where it hit me that you're, you're not just like choosing what conversation to have. You are crafting the fiction of what's happening in this world. It's not like you're choosing how to react to a conversation that is static. Mm-hmm. You are choosing what that conversation is for both parties on the phone, even yes. just by your single choices. And that was a really jarring moment for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're kind of like at the entrance to a mine, I think right outside of it. And you, you have this conversation on the phone, and then Conway pulls up and walks toward you and starts talking to you. And this was the other jarring moment. You start this conversation as Shannon responding to Conway's questions, and then at some point you are just Conway responding to Shannon's replies. Yes. And, like, it hap- like there's no, like, pomp and circumstance. You just mm-hmm. at one point cease responding and become the responder, and it's or other way around but it, it's it's so weird it's so subtle i didn't know i was doing it at first oh no i i responded a couple times thinking well that's a weird thing for that character to say <laughs> and then i realized i looked at the name in the top left and I oh, oh okay all right i'm switching so yeah it's a super like they don't they don't like point it out they don't like which i i'm glad they don't but you know what i mean it's so you can kind of discover what's happening yourself yeah you i think it's it's definitely it is like this game to not explain fucking anything to you and I enjoy that. But it, it's very, very subtle. It happens very quickly. Um, so eventually you, you decide both to go into the mine. Um, you mentioned that you've met Weaver, I think, at this point, And you have a TV. 
um, of hers. I forget kind of the exact order because we played these both really close to each other, so they blend well, together a little so, bit. So, like, she um she said, because originally she was like, that's where the mine is, is mm-hmm. near my cousin. And then or yeah. no, she says the way to the zero is in the mine, but the way to the that she directed you was actually just to the cousin to fix the TV. Yeah, because the TV was broken and Weaver wanted the TV to be working for some reason. Yeah. Um, so... You know, you go, you talk to the cousin, eventually decide to go into the mine, um, and you, like, this part was a little weird. You talk a little bit about the mine when you're kind of at, like, the entrance of the shaft to go down into the mine, and you find, like, a PA system that you are wanting to test whether or not it works, and so you get the power turned on, and then, like, talk into it, and you But it's important to know why you're... It's not... You're not testing it to see if it works you're testing, yeah you're you're talking into it to see how deep the cavern goes yeah there's a bunch the of echoes. shit that i'm not sure if is real science or not that shannon gives yeah. you about how she's using these instruments to test you know based on the the like pitch of the echoes basically in the distance it takes to to see like how deep it is and you just get a choice of a bunch of odd things to say and like telling a story or making noises and you do those enough times and eventually the mind like collapses more like the area you're in kind of collapses on you um which is really important because it like fucks up your leg pretty badly so that you have to limp everywhere and then like you just get up and decide to go into the mine anyway because you got a fucking delivery to make (laughs) i don't say antique (laughs) yeah man conway's a fucking trooper like let's hear it for conway he's a solid dude um, and then this mine section was really long in one of the sections where I feel like there's a lot that I missed. Um, I don't know if I actually did or not, but you spend a while in the mine and then eventually find a, um, a, like a trolley sort of thing that you can sit on and it drives just left and right. And you come to an intersection in the mine where you get to choose, um, a, one of three or four different directions to go. Um, and the directions are not marked like north, south, east, west, like would make sense they're marked like go in between the scarecrow and the coffin or or something like that and they're you know each of the different tracks has two random objects on either side of it and so you just choose between those and then go left and right and each time you know it's basically a straight track that then ends in an area that has like an interesting little dialogue thing on either side of it and you get to explore a lot of the mines and find out and there was a i think there was a you find out a number of things here there was a big flood i think that killed a lot of miners is what it was like somebody hit a a lake i think when they were digging is that right that sounds right yeah I'm pretty sure that's i right. think a lot of people died that's... yeah i think it was a flood that killed them i'm pretty sure it was yeah. um you also find out here that the miners used to sing songs and there were some archivists that were recording their mining songs for reasons that are at this point kind of totally unknown to me, um, yeah. which I'm assuming will come into play in a bigger way later on, but is, as it stands, just confusing. Um, you find um, what kind of looked like a storage area that was being used as a stage for these miners to play songs for each other and for the archivists. Um, did you find anything else in particular? I There's mean, like, other than you have an option, you have a lamp. Yes. And you can turn this lamp on and off. Mm-hmm. And when you turn it off, the um, the mine cart is like kind of like bzzzing electricity and it yeah. gives off some light. And every time it bzzz, 
you uh you can see a little like some shadows you know of of some some workers and they're walking along with you huh um, which is... i kept the lamp on pretty much the whole time so i didn't really see too much of that no i kept it off the entire time it's it's a little what? unnerving yeah that's why cool. it scared me yeah it's a little scary but i'm like i want to see everything so that's actually right. if you keep the interesting thing though is see because i kept it off i don't i didn't get any of those choices really no I didn't, I didn't, I don't, I have no idea what you were talking about there. <laughs> what? Sounds, yeah, they'll sound savagely interesting, but That's... all I see were the ghosts of the, uh, of the, of, I assume, the dead miners. Yeah, so that was those like. Two pieces together is pretty cool. Yeah, those were all the, the kind of endpoints, and like you find a, there's a, like, kind of a tape recorder that for some reason nothing happens with it unless you turn off your lamp. And if you turn off the lamp, then you hear one of the, like, mining songs. But it's kind of, like, weird and high-pitched and hurt my yeah. ears, so I didn't leave it on for very long. Um, <laughs> hurt my ears. <laughs> it sucked. It hurt. Um, yeah. So, yeah, then that you eventually do leave the mines. You stop at the, like, exit of it, and Shannon gets off to go explore something else then you know your legs hurt so you you limp out i don't really think much happens at that time and then you go outside no. and find a there's like a shack out there with a couple of journals in it and you find the journals um that are from members of the marquez family uh because shannon and weaver are sisters and there was, was there a third sister or brother i forget who the third journal was for might have been remember. for the parents, um, but basically you find out that Shannon and Weaver's parents were the archivists that had gone into the mine to um, record something and ended up going in there to record uh, like songs for the the, dif- the different miners and like archive those. And then also it is revealed that they did not die during the big flood that killed everyone else. They were actually able to make it out alive. And that's more or less the end of the by a landslide longest chapter in Act 1. Um, and yeah. that, again, because of kind of the format of it, I really felt like I missed a lot and didn't understand a lot of what was going <laughs> Apparently on. Apparently I missed more than you did. You missed a shitload, my man. You missed so, the so, entire minds. See, here's, here's, here's my, my evaluation. <laughs> you come in, you go to, you break your leg, you go through a mine shack, you see spooky ghosts, and you leave. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> did you turn the mine like when you got the option to turn it? Did you do that at all? Um, no. I didn't oh, get an see. option to turn it. Oh, yeah. So you you run into I just like went a straight. Yeah. So you run into an option where it can fork in a bunch of different directions, yeah. and if you go straight, that's the option that ends it. And if you then change it, it opens up two different like areas each time, and you can change it like three uh, times. You missed wow. a lot in there. Yeah. Shit. Well, but I missed that. You know, I, I missed the spooky mine. <laughs> uh this is just the point where i want to say something that kind of pervades this and all of act two that i didn't like about the game is the fucking movement speed is not fast at all yeah Um, because that minecart moves real slowly left and right and then once you get off of it you're limping the whole time and you move real slowly because you're limping so it it definitely does take quite a while to move from like point a to point b and that Again, I don't mind it so much because I understand that it's, like, the pace of the game, and I think the fact that you're injured is going to be, like, a pretty big story thing, but, man, it's really annoying if you're like, I want to walk to the right to see if there's anything there. There's not. All right, let's walk to the left. That's 30 seconds of my day gone, and it's just kind of disincentivizing me to explore. But, yeah, that's that's the mine. I don't really have anything else to say about that, even though I think it's probably super important. Like, I think there's a lot that happened there that we just didn't get. I think what will happen is one of those story elements where it will become more pertinent 
the later we get in the game and we can reference back to it. I hope you're right, but I'm not convinced this is a game that's going to be like, hey, you missed something. Don't worry. We got you. I think it might just be a game that's like, you missed something. Guess you're just not going to enjoy the end that much then. <laughs> that's true. Go play it again. Yeah. This, this, I kind of wish I had. I wish I had played each of these like three times over before this podcast. And maybe I will with the next one. But Ugh, it's just, it's so. I couldn't. Yeah. Well, I, it's so slow. It's very slow, but it's very deliberate, I think, with its slowness. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, it's not there's... bad. It's just I'm not playing it twice. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so the next scene for me is an optional scene. Uh, you can drive back around, and you are trying to get back to the Marquez farmhouse in order to, um, like the TV is all fixed up, or you're, you're going to go look at the broken TV and try and fix it um, with Shannon, and you can drive past that and go back to Equus Oil, and you get the option to stop there again which I did. Most of it is the same, um, but Joseph has a couple new lines of dialogue that are mildly interesting. I don't think there's anything crazy out of there, but you do meet a new character. You meet James Carrington, who's a he's like a traveling playwright, basically, who's looking for a stage in order to put on his new play. Um, he's got like... I, I can't quite tell what he has on his back. It looks like a giant deer head or something like that. He's a really cool-looking dude, um, but I love his character because you meet him, and he asks you, like, oh, do you know somewhere where I can play? And you, know, you say, not really. And you ask him, like, what his art is in, what his specialty is in, and he doesn't say, like, oh, I specialize in dramas or comedies or one-man shows. He says his specialty is pseudoscience, and I fucking love that. It's so weird, and it's great. And he talks about Yeah, like, you know, science that isn't actual real science. It's just sort of fake science that people use. Like, you know, like uh, astrological symbols and shit like that. All pseudoscience bullshit. And that's, like, his specialty. That's what he does his, like, art about. And it's, huh. I fucking love it. And it makes no sense, and it's so good. That's pretty cool. So I like I like James Carrington quite a bit. Um, but yeah, that sounds like a cool dude. That is Act One, Scene Four. If you choose to go there, but it is totally optional. You don't have. Oh, to. oh! I want to go back to the mines real quick because there's something super depressing, like a fact oh. that I, I heard about it. Okay. So when these mine workers worked, they had like they earned like these tokens. Oh and, yeah. And the tokens could be spent on things that would make their like work life better clean being able to have clean air right or or like a canary or something mm-hmm. there's it's, it's there's a lot of bird stuff here there's a lot of bird stuff i should mention that there's a lot of bird stuff in the mine yeah so like but but the, this whole like theming of having to work to get the things that make your work life better is seems real so up. it's so fucked up and i think you know this does happen not in the U.S., but, like, you know, I feel like this probably happens in other places. Yeah, it's and I, shitty. I do think it can also be viewed as somewhat metaphorical in terms of, like, yeah. the idea of, you know, working so that you can afford things, so that you can enjoy your life, but you're just working to get a pill so that you don't hate the fact that all you do is work anymore. Um, yeah. So I, I do exactly. think maybe there's a little bit of that going there. Um, I do think there's definitely, there's some symbolism with birds somewhere in this game. There's, like, a lot of open cages that had birds in them 
um, in the mines, and there's a lot of bird cages throughout the rest of the game too. Uh, so there's there's definitely something there. But again, I, I don't know yeah. if it's just too early or if I'm just not putting pieces together. But I don't Shit. fully know where that one's going. It's fine. We'll, we'll cut that. Out. <laughs> <laughs> no, now you have to leave just, it in. No, I know, Dunk. If I cut that out, just know the Duncan's dropping shit and making noise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so you want to close this out here? Oh, God. All right. So Marquez you go back to farmhouse. the Marquez farmhouse here. You go up with uh, Shannon. up the. I, I think there's a really cute moment where you're walking back up the hill and you're limping and she's walking behind you. I think there's some dialogue beforehand where he's like, she's like, are you okay? Like, you going to be all right? And you're like, yeah, I'm fine. But mm-hmm. uh, she, halfway up the hill, you know, she grabs your shoulder and kind of helps you up the hill. So I think there's a little little cute moment there. Maybe give me a little smirk. Yeah, so, I liked it. Um, yeah, you walk up the stairs, and um, she's uh, still not there, uh, Weaver. She starts fixing the TV, right? Yeah. And then it zooms into the TV, correct? I think it, it does the same sort of thing where it zooms kind of near the TV when it turns on, but the back wall like disappears again, basically. Yeah. Or, like parts, more or less. And then you are shown to a different scene with your truck. Mm-hmm. And the game ends. Yep. You get, like, a shot of a tunnel, basically. Which, yeah, a tunnel. Mm-hmm. You know, you can kind of piece together what that probably is at this point. They don't. It's the zero, it. baby. Yeah. That's your <laughs> that's your entrance to the zero, which d- still doesn't really make a lot of sense, but it is what it is. Because <laughs> that's the game. Yeah. Um, was the I do think the other cool thing in the scene is you walk past the graveyard again and can choose to look at it. And, like, when you first walked past it, you're like, oh, it's kind of sad. There's, like, a bunch of dead people from the Marquez family buried here. And mm-hmm. Shannon's just like, yeah, no, I don't know who any of those people are. I think those are all fake tombstones, really. They're all decorative. Oh, yeah. Do you think that's, like, a coping mechanism? I don't believe I don't, that's real. I, I think they're just decorative fake tombstones. I don't think so, Alex. You don't think so? No, who has you don't think that seems totally in line with this game. Well, I mean, there's a deeper meaning to it all. That's what I mean. Like, it's probably not really just decorative tombstones. She's probably viewing it as something else. I don't know, because she mentions that like one of them is a name she recognizes, but the other two she didn't. Yeah, well, maybe I don't know. She just intentionally forgot. <laughs> maybe you're putting a lot of onus on Shannon to like repress shit here right now. <laughs> How old do you think she is? I think Shannon, I think she's in her like 20s or 30s. Yeah, that's old enough to be repressing shit. Well, yeah, but. <laughs> Could have died in the kids. Well, I'm sure it'll come back later. Act 3 is all about the yeah. stones, and we'll know for sure then when we play it. People right now are like, no, just play more. Act 3 explains it all. <laughs> It's all about the tombstones. You go back to the Marquez house and you look at all of them and you have to click them in the right order and which family member died first, second, and last. Oh, Idiot! I really fucking hope that's not it. That's uh, um, definitely not it. If I know, if I fucking know Ben Babbitt, he wouldn't pull that shit on me. Oh. <laughs> do a joke three times, Alex. Yep, and after that, it's dead, though, so we're done now. No more yep. Babbitt jokes. No more um, Babbitt. So that was a that was Act One. That how'd you feel at the end of Act One before we get into Act Two? Because it, like, it just rolls right into it if you have both of them. But yeah, I felt like it was a good ending. I was satisfied with it, and it pulled back my initial like eh, B 
feelings about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, some pieces started to connect in my head of, you know, I felt like no one knew what they were doing trying to get me to the zero. Like, it's like, ugh, you fucking idiots. I'm just trying to get to Dogwood Drive. But in actuality, everyone was actually doing exactly what they were supposed to do to get me to Dogwood Drive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the, the oil guys, like... Country bumpkins. Yeah, it was like, the old guys, like, take this old TV and fucking <laughs> give it to someone in a house, and they'll tell you the directions. And then you go to the house, and then they're like... Go get my cousin to fix the TV. I don't want to show you to the zero right now. And then you get the cousin, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Well, take me back to the house." And then she fixes the TV, and then you know, then you're in the uh, zero. You know, you know the rest. <laughs> so, but I, I just think that was cool how that all came together. Um, yeah. But um, I was like I said, I was satisfied. And the most important part I would say is I was ready to play Act Two. I was excited to play the second act. Yeah, um, I think that's which, that's good is a feeling that I didn't feel initially. So it was a good start. And I will say fucking satisfying length here, you know, only an hour long experience and we've spent almost an hour talking about it. So yeah, that is true. Good. I think overall that's it's, it's the right length, right? I think if this game was 20 hours long it, at the end of it, you'd just be like, no, I'm done. I'm fucking I'm done. done. <laughs> but that like, would be, even if it was like each act was two, two to three hours. I mean, I know the the ones later will get that long, which mm-hmm. I think I'll be more okay with. But these initial ones to get through some of the main points, if it would have taken two hours to get me to that point, I don't think I would be as satisfied. Yeah, I I, I might agree with that. I think it would depend on how they do it, but I I definitely yeah. think they are the correct length for what they were trying to do. Right, this is a game that doesn't. This is not a game that's going to throw in some filler because they're like, hey, we're not going to hit the fucking length we want. And yeah. I appreciate that quite a bit. So good on you, Kentucky Red Zero. Um, I, I I came off the first episode, the first act, feeling pretty hot on it just because I really like that sort of crazy-ass weird shit. I like that a lot. Um, I like the uh, emotion, which I, I, I kind of want to talk about this here. I touched on it previously yeah. that this is definitely one of those games where I feel like no matter what happens and no matter how much of it I play – I am constantly grasping at straws to understand what the fuck is happening. Yeah. And I, I, it's almost anxiety inducing because I feel like maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I, I'm not playing this right. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just an idiot and I don't understand what's going on. Like, I feel like I'm missing pieces of a puzzle, but it's done in such a way that it just draws me forward. It doesn't like make me feel bad. And I think that's a fine line to walk and I think this game does it extraordinarily well. And I really, really appreciate games like that where you're just constantly say, confused. Yeah, I want to say something before you transition. Is No, you're good. I think it it shined at some moments of doing that, but I definitely felt like this game, at some moments, I felt very, you think you're better than me in some of these <laughs> moments? Because, like, you think you're smarter than me? Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's just some dialogue that I just, I, I, I couldn't grasp, and I feel like there's all these metaphors to real-life things, and I just, I just got frustrated, and I'm like, I, I don't get it, and you shouldn't expect me to get it either. Like, you know what I mean? I, I was just getting a little frustrated with some of it. So, I, I think it goes more towards the, like, we're making this overly confusing for the sake of it being confusing, and some moments and other moments it hits the sweet spot. So mm-hmm. um, I feel a little bit less, but the same on that Yeah, one. yeah. And I, I think that can maybe just come down to how much we like swimming in a pool of confusion, for lack of a 
less stupid I, analogy. See, I like I like sw- I like swimming in a pool of confusion, but the water has to be. It's got to have the right amount of chlorine. You know what I mean? It's got to be mm, the right. Temperature. I don't. I just <laughs> don't. <laughs> I have a lot. See, I'm back in right... that pool of confusion, but about this metaphor. <laughs> see, it has to be about the right subject, though. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like some of the subjects that they were trying to tackle in the mystery are subjects that I, I, I'm not interested in enough, so I don't like the mystery about it as much. Well, how much of that was because you missed the entire Elkhorn Mine section? <laughs> listen listen this this fucking weaver bitch right she goes on and she says she says you're not looking hard enough you know sometimes i swear she says sometimes you have to like not look to look at things or something like that i swear she says something like that she might so my she thought might. in the mind was like okay like they're giving me this option to turn the light on and off they've taught me already before that like turning lights off reveals things so I'm like, if I just keep mm-hmm. this light off, maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll see something special. Maybe they want me to do the opposite of of what they would expect me to do, you know? Mm, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Turns out they didn't, but, but maybe. But in reality, I'm just a fool. <laughs> you know what, Jake, Tamis, and Ben, you're all better than me. I get it. <laughs> I get it. You think you're better than, than me? me? Well, you are. All right, I've come around to your way of thinking. You're better than me. <laughs> all right, cardboard computer, you've done it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is also, there's, like, a lot of little tiny vignettes that you can find when you're driving along the road, and I kind of looked, I didn't look it up on the wiki, I didn't, like, read about them, but I looked up the list of, like, optional small scenes, I missed a lot of those. I missed, like, five or six of those, I think. I stopped at a museum where I, like, broke into it, and, like, I looked at stuff, and there was, like, a long hall and there was a game what was the game called it was like there's like an actual video game it's it's oh i did write it down it's it's its name is if i had my way i'd tear down the building i'd tear the building down huh they said it was i think it mentioned that it was some kind of like it was some kind of a love story game it's weird but i i think that name i don't know that name like i read that twice and i'm like hmm weird yeah i broke I had into my a, way i'd tear the building down i kind of like broke into a church i don't know if you got that one nope there's like I a church you can one. find where the front door is closed but you hear like a big gospel going on inside and eventually you can like choose to go in and like you can hear the gospel music sort of playing and you go in through the back and then you go into like the main area of it and it's just like a tape recorder plugged into some speakers in a totally empty church, just like blaring out this gospel. And it was like a little unsettling. So I just unplugged it and then ran and I was like, uh, get me the fuck out of here, man. Oh, that's kind of foreshadowing a little bit, right? Yeah. A little bit. Well, we can't talk about it. Cause we don't want to give the audience. the spoils. No. Oh, yeah. Sweet spoils. Yeah. I don't want to do too much of that. Um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about that was more predominant in act one than an act two? Good golly gosh. I just want to talk about the general feeling that I got from the game. Um, okay. Especially, I will mention again, in its sound design, so many of these, a lot of the, if you want to call them songs, like songs are a noise. Mm-hmm. And they're very good noise. Like, it's very, it, it set me on edge when it wanted to. 
And yeah. it never felt like I'm like, this is going to be spooky. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it always felt it's never very... a horror game, but it's quite frequently an unsettling game. Especially when you're about to get your light crushed. When you're talking in that yeah. microphone oh, and it's doing this, like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? There's And then yeah. there's this, like, <laughs> fucking mm-hmm. just electric static ass. Like, I don't know. There is. I played it with headphones. And yeah. It was very young. Play it with headphones. Spoiler yes. alert. Play it with fucking headphones. It's not a spoiler alert. What the no, fuck it's are you not. talking about? I don't know. Maybe it happens later on. Maybe they're like, hey, if you don't wear headphones, your game ends at Act 4. Uh, <laughs> don't fucking plug know. your headphones in. <laughs> uh, no, but definitely do play this game with headphones. They do a lot of good sound design things, and they do some yeah. things in Act 2 specifically with like sounds you hear in one ear versus the other, I think, and it, it's really cool. Um, so Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Do definitely, that. if you play Act Two, play that with some headphones. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I'm good. Yeah, I think that is more or less everything that I wanted to say about that. Alex, let's part the kimono real quick. Okay. Do we want to do this in two separate episodes? I, you know, I didn't expect we'd have quite so much to talk. Neither about did I. I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh-huh. How much did we talk about beforehand? Like eight minutes. Uh, I started this at, a, uh, you know, not to part the kimono too much, but I started this at exactly the 10-minute mark. Okay, so, well, we can our, just cut this out. Yeah, I know. I mean, we'll leave the kimono open. Everyone's invited <laughs> in this kimono. <laughs> you hear that, everybody? You're all invited. In this party kimono. in my kimono, and everyone's invited. <laughs> well, we'd hit about 50, you know, we'd hit about an hour. This would be a long fucking podcast if we do Act 2, because I, I think, think I have more to say long. about Act 2. You know what I think we should do? What? I think we should do this as two episodes and release it each week. I think you're right. Hey, everyone. We <laughs> lied at the start. <laughs> we're not going to go back to fix it either. No, we're just going to leave it in. You get to take this journey with us just like you're taking this journey through Kentucky Route Zero with us. Um, yeah, and like Kentucky Route Zero, it's always confusing like we are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. going to be just, you know... You never know what to expect when you strap in for an episode of Thoughts from Player One. It's just all about this unreliable narrator at the start. So that was Kentucky Route Zero, Act One. Act One. Um, join us next week, I guess, for Kentucky yeah. Route Zero, Act Two. Please. Um, Please which is news to us as much as it is news <laughs> to you. All right. Good night, folks. Good night. Wait, Duncan. What? It means we got to do two closers, so hit us with a closer. Oh, you fuck. can't just say good night. Throat's going to be so th- sore on. for the next one. You can give us a special Kentucky Route Zero Act closer if it's easier for your throat. Okay. But um, you're on the spot now because okay. you got five seconds. I'm going to make it all like weird and shit with that. Oh, nice, nice. I like it. Just like your voice crackles a bunch when you get loud. I like it. It's going to be very Kentucky Route Zero. Kentucky Bean <laughs> Zero? We're going to make it very KCR. Mm-hmm. <laughs>